Today's reading is taken from the book of Joshua, chapter 2. This can be found in the Church Bibles on page 170. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the man who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the, woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flocks she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the man assured her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city hall, city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourself there three days until they return, and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless, when we enter the land, you have tied the scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. If any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell if you tell what we're doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and they de- departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days, until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. 
This is the word of the Lord. Great. Well, do keep that passage open. I'll keep it a bit further from my mouth. Got the clicker. I'm going to get the presentation. But uh, as we keep that open, why don't we pray together? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can know who you are, who your son Jesus is, so that we can respond. Pray that uh, you would take my word. Uh, please speak to each of our hearts and uh, make us see you more and respond to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, yeah, we are in, uh, in Joshua 2. Now, as you probably know, I'm from Holland. Um, Holland, um, Christianity there, what is known for one thing is that we've had a lot of church splits. There's so often kind of churches, they've disagreed about something and split, which means you have a, a really wide range of churches. And some of them, they can be, you know, very ultra, you know, conservative and uh, they have some positions that can seem crazy. So there's this one church, they're regularly in the news, and uh, they don't take out insurance. They think insurance is not trusting God, right? Because, uh, you know, uh, anything can happen while God is in control. They don't even, uh, they don't vaccinate their children. That's a kind of insurance, right? Just in case, well, you're not trusting God. And so they are sometimes in the news because, yeah, uh, maybe a child has died from a disease that was so easily preventable. And so if you're a Christian in Holland, you know, often people, you want to share the gospel and they say, well, well, look at those Christians over there. They're, they're crazy, aren't they? I don't know what you think. It's easy to laugh that off and think, yeah, of course, they're crazy. God would never ask that. But in some way, we should really respect their faith, right? They really practice what they believe. You know, you believe God controls every detail of your life. You believe God works all things for good. Everything that happens is for your good. Uh, why shouldn't you trust him, right, with these things? And, you know, that's a, it's a costly decision. You know, everyone <laughs> is going to mock you for it. It's a, it's a risky decision, it can feel, right? It's a big decision that these people do. And yet they, they believe this about God and they act. And I've, I wonder, I mean, if I just think, well, you know, the, God would never ask that. Is that... Because I believe that from the Bible? Or is that just my, you know, I'm, it's my reason, you know? Oh, God would never ask us to do anything like that. Now, I, I don't think they're, they're right. <laughs> but the thing is, they, they act on their belief. I mean, come and talk to me later if you want to know more. But the, the thing is, you know, acting on your belief. That is, I think, what this passage is about. What is the thing about Rahab? She believed something about God. And she acted on it. If you know who God is, well, then you have to act on it. Uh, there's a few different responses we're going to look at. You know, what is God asking us to do? Uh, well, we see different people, different responses. But, yeah, if God is really who he is, then you want to respond to him, right? So, yeah, we need to know who he is and respond to that. And then we get, yeah, this great story. But what are the first responses that we see that... Uh, I, ho I hope it's a response that you know. Well, what we see is people trembling at the Lord's coming. Uh, people tremble at the Lord's coming. I mean, that is at the center of this passage, right? You know, the, the spies come, there's all this action, and then all this action is interrupted by this big speech by Rahab. Very long. 
And what does she say? Well, verse 9. I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Uh, Verse 11, when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear. Everyone's courage failed because of you. You know, everyone is is trembling. Uh, They know the Lord is coming. Uh, It's what they report. Uh, You know, the spies, they come back to Joshua. Nothing about how many soldiers there were, nothing about the walls. They say to Joshua, okay, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. And why are they trembling? Well, it's not fear of the unknown. It's fear of the known, right? What do they say? Verse 10, well, we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you, you know, (laughs) when you came out of Egypt. I mean, this was 40 years ago by now, right? 40 years ago. But they still remember it. That, you know, this bunch of slaves escaped from the greatest superpower in the world. And their army was completely defeated. They, they remember that. And, and even just more recently, you know, uh, we know what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. Yeah, that's their, their neighbors across the river. And so they tremble. You know, the thing is, we, we're, we're the Canaanites. And they are just not on God's side, right? The Egyptians, they were opposed to God, keeping his people. Sion and Og attacked, and now God is acting. He's, you know, he's bringing his people to his promised land, and they're opposed to him. And so they tremble. They, they, they draw the obvious conclusion. End of verse 11. Your, the Lord your God is God in heaven above. And on the earth below, you know, <laughs> the Egyptian gods were nothing, clearly. Sion and Ox gods were nothing. Your God is the true God, and so they tremble. Now, of, of course, that sounds quite negative, although it really depends on who you are. Right? I mean, when Jesus shows up, uh, that's not, you know, a very different God. When Jesus shows up, again, lots of fear and trembling. Uh, look at Mark chapter 5. <laughs> You know, uh, Jesus uh, meets this man with uh, demons. Well, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Uh, Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. I mean, an army of 2,000 demons, right? They're in this man. And then Jesus shows up and, and you know, please, please, Jesus, don't, don't torture us. Please, we beg you, you know? That, that, that's, what, that's what's happening. <laughs> and the, the thing is, the demons know who he is. That's why they're trembling. I mean, the, the disciples, they don't have a clue. Most people don't have a clue who Jesus is, but those who know who Jesus is, they tremble. But yet the demons are his enemies. And so they tremble. And it's the same way here in Joshua. And in a way, for the Israelites, it's good news, right? If you're with Jesus and all the demons are trembling before Jesus, you you feel pretty safe. You feel like, you know, hey, Jesus, uh, he's my king. I'm okay here, right? I I think he's going to win because, you know, everyone is trembling before him. 
and that is exactly for the Israelites the case, right? They know, uh, hey, God has surely given us the land. Look, all his enemies are quaking before him. Yeah, it's, it's great news in that sense, encouragement. If you're on the wrong side. Yeah, the question is, what side are you on? Of course, we need to remember, we were all on the wrong side, right? By nature. And maybe now, yes, we're with Jesus. <laughs> We've, we will come to that, but... Without Jesus, we should tremble <laughs> because he is the Lord. And, and since Adam and Eve, we've all rejected him. We've all lived our life without him. And if God really is God and he's going to make the world right, well, we are doomed, just like they were doomed. Israel will find that out. You know, if they reject God, as we'll see maybe in a few chapters, there's no license to sin. They can't just live anyway. I don't know if you always see the Lord like this. But the thing is, if you're faced with the Lord's coming, what do you do? And the amazing thing here, though, this other response, well, Rahab gets the spotlight. Because what you can do, you can turn to the Lord's mercy. Well, there he is. Turn to the Lord's mercy. Right, because this story really is about Rahab. She's the only kind of person who gets a name, right? <laughs> we don't even know who the spies are. But Rahab, you know, we all know that this is her story. <laughs> it's so famous. It's after the walls falling down, the, the second most famous story in Joshua. And the thing is, she, she trembles. She knows the Lord is God. She knows she's not right with him. But she turns. And, and that makes it such a gripping story, isn't it? Because, you know, Joshua... Uh, he sends these spies, huh? and they're, they're going to the land and uh, into Jericho. They want to find out things, and, and they're, gonna, they're, they're staying at Je Rahab's house. I, I don't know exactly why. I guess a prostitute's house is not very visible. It's usually quite hidden, isn't it? And there's all kinds of strangers coming there. No one asks questions. It's probably a good place to uh, hang out if you're a spy. However, they are discovered. Uh, seems okay, but then it was reported to the king, hey, spies have come from Israel, <laughs> and he sends a bunch of soldiers to Rahab's house, and they knock on the door, hey, uh, bring out these men. <laughs> they are Israelite spies who've come to spy out the land. And you can imagine these spies, well, they're, they're, they're doomed, right? <laughs> they're, the whole mission is a failure. But then what happens? Well, verse 4, the woman took the men and hid them. Uh, it says the woman had taken them and hidden them, which seems a bit weird. How did she know those things? Actually, if you look in the Hebrew, it's, it's right then. You know, they're knocking on the door, and then she gets up and hides them. I don't know. She, uh, sorry, I'm with a client. Can you give me a few minutes? And so she goes to the roof, hides them, does her hair, kind of, you know, and, and opens up. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then she lies to the soldiers, right? Uh, verse 5. Oh, yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they uh, came from. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. The, the way she talks about it, the men came to me. It's the same kind of language as, uh, what is it, uh, Abraham went into Hagar and she conceived. She's saying, well, look, uh, those men, that was just business, you know. Uh, I don't know where they're from or where they go. I don't ask questions of clients. But, uh, hey, they're, they're no longer here. So they've, they've gone, so if you run then maybe you can catch them. Maybe you think, well, that's a lie, isn't it? Uh, isn't that wrong? 
Well, I'm sure it's wrong, but you know, she, the, the writer doesn't care about that right now. <laughs> uh, you know, she's trying to save her family, trying to save her life, trying to save these spies. Um, the big thing is, she turns, right? She turns. Because as she then goes to the spies, okay, why do I do this? And she explains, well, look, the Lord is coming. I know that. And we're all trembling. But, verse 12. Now then, please, swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to me and my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my brother, uh, and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. And she... <laughs> She turns and she, she switches allegiance. Please, I, I want to be with you guys. Please show me mercy, uh, more kindness. It, it's steadfast love. It's, it's what's at the heart of God. She's not just turning to a bunch of people. She is turning to, this, to the Lord who is coming. And, and, and she's begging for mercy, that he would show steadfast love to her. And guess what? Well, she's saved. She's saved. They give her an oath. Yeah, we'll save you. Just tie this rope around your window. Then we know which house we should spare. And in chapter 6, well, she's brought out, isn't it? Uh, we'll get there in a few weeks. But, uh, you know, the whole city was destroyed. 6 verse 25. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. She was saved. Mercy for her and her family. I mean, can you imagine who this is? You know, what's incredible mercy. Right? Yes, God is he's the Lord. And she's been rejecting him. But she turns and she's saved. No, she's on the wrong side. Yes. But she turns and she's just accepted. I mean, think this is a prostitute, a Canaanite prostitute. Think about that. You know, it's not that uh, Joshua sent the spies, hey, can you find the ten most righteous people and bring them out? They deserve to be saved. No one in Jericho deserves to be saved. The thing is, she turned and, uh, you know, a prostitute. You know, clearly your background doesn't matter. Uh, the things she's done, her past, it doesn't matter. It was just wiped clean. You know, I'm sure she'd done things that we wouldn't want to know. <laughs> and yet she can just, she's accepted. And she's lived with the Israelites. And she's not just spared from death, right? She gets a place in Israel. She becomes one of God's people. She and her family. She marries into the kind of the, the, the leadership family of the tribe of Judah. And, well, if you know anything about her, you know which family that ends up to be. Uh, some famous people, Boaz, who marries Rahab, uh, Ruth. And then a few generations later, David, the king. And then, well, we saw it with Christmas, isn't it? Uh, Jesus. You read Matthew, and she's there in Jesus' genealogy. She was a prostitute. She's now in the royal family. Can you imagine that? Isn't that such mercy and and grace? Isn't that incredible? Right? You wouldn't expect that. I mean, people struggled with Jesus hanging out with prostitutes. I mean, 
<laughs> again, it's not New Testament. Here, the Lord just accepts a prostitute. Would you imagine her coming here? We'd struggle to adapt, you know, someone very different from us. But welcome. The Lord has welcomed her. And so I hope would we. I hope that's, that's encouraging, isn't it? I mean, if you are here, and I, I know there are people here that they've not yet made that turn. God's mercy is big enough for you. Right? If it's big enough for Rahab, it's big enough for you. Uh, maybe you think, well, I'm not sure if God would accept me given what I've done. I'm, I'm, I don't know you, but I'm sure Rahab was worse. Right? Um, maybe you think I first need to clean up my life and, and get good enough. Rahab didn't do that. She just turned and she was forgiven. That is how great God's mercy is. But, but, but yeah, you, you need to believe it, isn't it? She believed that. She believed, you know, here's the Lord. He's coming. I'm doomed, but I can go to his mercy. And that's why she acted. I mean, do you believe that God really is this God? Do you believe that he is the Lord, <laughs> the only one? Do you believe that, yeah, you don't stand against him? I mean, <sighs> the Lord, how, how can you stand against him? You know, uh, I was in Lantau surfing uh, a few months ago. I saw those big container ships in the distance. I, I wouldn't want to go with my surfboard against an oil tanker, right? <laughs> you have, we have no chance. But God is a God of such mercy that we can come to him and be accepted through Jesus and his, well, his death on the cross. But if you believe that, then why don't you turn? Right? Why don't you turn? Because that is the thing here. Rahab, she acted on her beliefs. She acted. Yeah? Because I think that is the application for us. We see Rahab, but I guess most of us, we've made that turn already. If you haven't turned, yeah, the application, you know, turn, turn, turn. But how about for us who have turned? Well, if you know who God is, then don't you, let's act. Let's act. I think Rahab's here as an example, you know, that we should act. Act on the Lord's faithfulness. Because that is, I think, where it ends, right? If these spies come back and they say, you know, the Lord's given us the land. All the people are melting. Yeah, it's really true. <laughs> you know, God has promised it. Yeah, it's really true. Well, what should we do now? Well, we should act, right? Let's go into the land. We should act. And Rahab, she believed God. She believed her promise. She acted. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, we, 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 we should act. Of course, for us, it's slightly different. Uh, in our case, we, uh, we don't get a land <laughs> in the Middle East. But, you know, that, that same idea, you need to act. I mean, Rahab is highlighted as someone who, who acted in the New Testament. James gives her as an example, you know. Uh, some people who thought, well, they, they believe, but they don't do much about it. And in, James says, in the same way, wasn't even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous? for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Look, <laughs> you know, Rahab, how do we know she had faith? She did something. She hid the spies. You know, isn't that a great example? Yeah, so when someone comes and they're hungry from your church, you give them food, right? You act. 
that's the thing. We, we, if you believe, you will act. And yeah, in our case, like I said, it's not a country in the Middle East. But God's kingdom is still coming, right? Just like it was for them. God was bringing his kingdom. He's bringing that for us. And just like they could see people quaking and they know, well, no, God is doing it. We look around us and, and we see that happen. And next week we're baptizing seven people. God is at work. And, and, and that is just such a small thing, right? There's a billion Christians around the world. You know, from such a small beginning. And the kingdom has become this huge thing. God is at work. God is bringing his kingdom. Well, then we can live for him. We can act. Now, I don't know what uh, it would be for you. I think if you look at Rahab, you, you can see a few examples. I mean, for, uh, she was strong and courageous, wasn't she? I mean, we looked at Joshua last week. Well, we're not Joshua, but we are Rahab. <laughs> and she was courageous. Can you imagine? She had to persuade her family. Come and, and hide with me. You know, the Lord is coming. And there's only one safe place. It's in my house. So please come with me. I mean, her family were Canaanites. Wouldn't they report her to the king, maybe? It's a hard message. It's not very nice. But, of course, she had to. You know, she knew this. She knew the Lord is coming. She knew who he is. And she knew about his amazing mercy. How could she not talk about it? I guess for us, right, we, we try to share the gospel. It's, you know, awkward. It's maybe difficult. You know, people won't like it, but... If you really believe this, how can you not do it? There is a, there's a famous, uh, there's a magician in America, uh, Penn Gillette, um, from Penn and Teller. Now he's a, uh, he's a very outspoken atheist. He really makes fun of Christians. Uh, but he did tell one time that, you know, one time he had when he was a magician, someone in the audience was kind of his victim. <laughs> And that person gave him a New Testament and uh, tried to share the gospel with him that, you know, I'm giving this to you because I'd like you to believe in Jesus and be saved. And he said that was a really good man. I really respected him. And that's strange, right? Well, why, why would an atheist respect, you know, a Christian trying to evangelize him? But this is what he said. You know, I've always said, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. You know, how much do you need to hate someone not to tell them about this good news, about eternal life, right? If you, if you believe this, you, you will tell people, I think. It's hard. It's difficult. We don't have time. You know, we've struggled to make friends. Uh, of course, but I hope if you believe this is true, you, you want to do it, right? You want to try and tell people. Or, or just living the Christian life. You know, it's, Rahab really had to turn. She became an enemy, right? She aligned herself with the enemy. I mean, for Christians persecuted, that's what it can feel like. That they're aligning with the enemy and all their people around them. Hey, you're now on the other side. But I guess if you know who Jesus is, if you know that he's the Lord, and you know his mercy, how can you not do that? You have to, right? You just have to act. Uh, maybe for us, I don't know, your family is very traditional, 
there's Chinese religious stuff that you need to do. And you have to say, no, that's idolatry. You can feel like you've become the enemy. But if, if, if Jesus really is the Lord, then yeah, you, you have to do it, right? You have to act on what you believe. Or in your workplace, if you're pressured to do things. That's the thing, isn't it? If you really believe it, well, you, you need to act. You know you're on, if you're with Jesus, you're on the right side. You don't want to be on the wrong side. You know you just have to do it. And I think that that's the thing here, isn't it? Rahab, she acted on her beliefs. And I guess we should do the same. And if we know God, then we can do it, right? We know how great he is. We know his kingdom is coming. We know he will win. We know we've been forgiven. We know we're on his side. If you know those things, doesn't that encourage you? Doesn't that motivate you that, yeah, I can do this? And so that's where we need to end, right? We need to come back to where we started. We need to have a greater vision of God. That's why we come here on Sunday. It's why we sing that we are reminded again, yeah, this is the God we believe in. This is who he is in his might, in his power, in his grace, in his mercy. And then we can live for him for another week. So as we finish, why don't we yeah, sing this great song. The music team will come up and we're going to sing uh, Behold Our God. That's what we need to do, right? Behold Our God. So uh, we're going to stand to sing. This is also our offering. Uh, so if you, um, yeah, <laughs> I think most of us here are church regulars. But uh, uh, if you happen to be a visitor, please just pass the bag along. But let's stand and yeah, behold our God so we can live for him this week.